Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Um, welcome along, it's the Friday episode, we are back from our tour. Before we begin, before we go any further, Sam, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Jim the Fish, who sadly passed away yesterday, he was our, our goldfish. Um, oh, no. He was, um, I say he was a he, he was never sexed. We assumed, we, we assigned him the gender of, of he. Um, he. He was about seven years old. He, uh, he he had a tendency over the past year to occasionally feign death and pretend that he was dead and just lie about in the tank. Um, mm. He's obviously been ageing for quite a while. Um, but he's finally ran out of road. There's no more Jim. He's gone. How many hu- um, how many human years was he? Uh, seven. That's a lot. Hell, I, think, I didn't know they fish. lived that long. Yeah, they usually just die straight <clears throat> away. Yeah, we got him before we even got Oscar, and we've had Oscar for about six and a half years. So um, we did a funeral for him yesterday. Mm. We um, did a, a, a slow procession from the fish tank in the kitchen through to the bathroom. Um, uh, my daughter played one of the, the songs from Taylor Swift's Red album, which is one of her oh, favourites. Yeah, it's a great album. Um, <clears throat> it's just been uh, redone today. She's just reissued it. You know, she's re-recording mm. all of her albums. That's just come out oh, today, I didn't so know that's appropriate. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a minute if you want. But um, mm. we did a procession listening to Taylor Swift. Um, we, we congregated in the bathroom, said a few words, shared a few memories of Jim. Um I, uh, he used to come to the to the front of the tank every morning when he would see me because he knew he was going to get fed. So, so that, right. that thing about goldfish having no memory is bullshit. Yeah, because Jim clearly did. Things. And uh, sometimes we'd have a little bit of a dance in the kitchen. He'd come to the front of the tank and see me. I'd have a chat with him. We'd have a bit of a dance, nice. and uh, then continue about our business. So that's the kind of things we talked about. And then um, Jim was in. Uh, a glass with some water in that we we carried from the fish tank. We didn't carry the whole fish tank; that'd be ludicrous. And uh, he was then dispensed into the toilet bowl and flushed away by my son. And um, that was the end of that. Beautiful moment. Well, yeah, I'm just sorry for your loss, mate. <clears throat> yeah, it's all right. Sounds, sounds I mean, like you had a good relationship with him. Yeah, I came downstairs this morning and I and I felt the loss. Because first mm. thing I do on a morning is I feed Jim and I put the kettle on. And then there was yeah. no Jim to feed this morning. It was kind of, oh, no. little things. You get a new one, like after you've left a respectful fuck. moratorium. No, fuck that. Far too much hassle. I'm trying to reduce the number of pets, not get more. I wonder so, what um, pet, and 
realistic suggestions, please, if you do get in touch. Like, don't try and be clever and say something exotic. That, but, you know, out of the established pet animals, mm. which is the most easy to keep? Probably is a fish, to be honest. All you have to do is sprinkle some of that thing. The biggest risk with goldfish is not... A lot of people kill them by overfeeding them, don't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can you can have a goldfish and go away for a fortnight. You just put one of them feeding blocks in. Oh, yeah. And it just... Well, what if they just go and binge on it and then die? Well, maybe that's what's happened with Jim. I don't know. He's had feeding blocks before. He's done all right. Maybe he's... he's mm. um, overeating on this one I don't know sometimes people can just lose their shit later in life like you get yeah. you know blokes who'd like live quite like a straight life and then suddenly they're in their 40s and they start fucking doing loads of pills or something yeah kind midlife of, crisis um, stuff so yeah. maybe Jim had a midlife crisis yeah and yeah. just thought fuck this I'm gonna go mental on that feeding block I don't know if seven seven years as a midlife crisis I would well, be more, old more life possible crisis. that it was it was dementia and he forgot that he'd eaten from the feeding yeah. block a couple two of hours seconds earlier. go by I go oh it must be my dinner time yeah I've bit munch, of a nibble on the feeding block <laughs> two seconds go by oh I think it's my fucking dinner time munch oh, munch munch there's that lovely feeding block I'll have a go on that yeah, yeah lovely maybe. we'll never know he's gone now he's oh gone well RIP Jim we'll all remember you always but um, getting back to Taylor Swift, did you not know that she's re-recorded all of her albums, or she's doing no, them one I don't by know one? Why, now you say that, that's a really good idea. So that pop stars should do that more because it's better from a business point of view. I mean, that she's different in that she seems to sort of have an inexhaustible, um, you know, a, she has an inexhaustible sort of source of of like pop melodies that she yeah. can just like sort of chuck out willy nilly. Mm. But a lot of bands and songwriters, they kind of have a they have a sort of a, a golden period, don't they? And then yeah. something is like they've got to lose. It's like they had a certain number of catchy melodies inside of them. Yeah. And then they just get out. And then after that, they just start doing fucking, you know, after that, it's like Damon Albarn films, films fucking gorillas and mm. stuff starts trying to rap about the Notting Hill Carnival or whatever, right? Because he's, he's he's written all his, like, proper songs years ago. He's got about five different projects on the go, and it's like it's like someone who does three or four different podcasts. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Just do one that, thing what, and like stick me. to it. That <laughs> makes me. me the fucking... That's the fucking... Makes me the Damon Albarn of... Uh, <laughs> uh, what I thought. But the Taylor Swift thing... Don't, don't forget my encounter with him at the cash point in the Euro yeah. 96, mate. Yeah. No, but... But but the thing is, she can chuck them out non-stop. But I often think there's these stars and they've got huge loyal following who will basically buy pretty much anything they mm. release because they, you know. and But really, to the casual fan, they haven't really done anything worth buying in years. I just think, yeah, it's obvious. Fucking keep, do a re-record of one of your classic albums. People well, will go out and love it. That might that might become more of a thing. That's not the reason mm. she's doing it. She's doing it because right. her entire catalogue, the rights to mm. her entire catalogue, were bought up about two or three years ago by Justin Bieber's manager, who uh. is a curious fellow who goes by the name of, are you ready? Scooter mm. Braun. Scooter LeBron. Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun, okay. Nola, Brilliant. Scooter Braun. And he was the man yeah. who discovered and made Justin Bieber massive. And um, apparently... Uh, Taylor Swift hits uh, hits Scooter Braun 
but Scooter Braun went out and did a power play and he bought up the rights to all of Taylor Swift's back catalogue. Mm. And then Taylor went, right, fuck that then. I'm going to re-record them all again, put them out with my ownership. Uh, and she calls them, she puts the albums out now. She's done one every six months or so. And she re-releases them within brackets afterwards, Taylor's version. So, so it's like a director's cut. Yeah, she's telling all of the fans to reject the originals and to only buy and listen to the re-recorded versions. Has she done it like for like, or has she sort of fiddled about with them? There's been a bit of embellishment, yeah. Yeah. Um, The the opinion of the fans, or my daughter anyway, seems to be that they're an improvement. And there's always extra tracks as well, and there's always some bonus stuff in there. Um, like unreleased stuff that she didn't put out at the time. So uh, the general is she doing them is, in chronological order? Is she's she? not. No, she's just doing them as she feels like doing them. So mm. red was the one that came out today. But um, yeah, it's keeping her busy. It's kept her busy through oh. COVID, you know. And it's keeping the Very fans nice. amused. And it's, it's bringing more money in for her. So I like that album, nineteen eighty nine. I that's wonder if she's done favorite, that yet. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. For I like me, the that recent was stuff. Her. That was her purple patch for me. But I, I like the yeah, recent stuff, which is a bit more mellow. But um, do you know she's like she's like Paul McCartney in that she just has she's similar. She has like that sort of ability for melody. Yeah, like Paul McCartney, Paul Simon used to have it as well, where you can just they just have a natural sort of they mm. can just it pops out of their asses. Do you know what I mean? Pretty much. I mean, They've got aerials in their heads that just receive the music yeah. from I wonder what Paul place. McCartney thinks of Taylor Swift. I might Google that. Oh, I, I wouldn't be, be at all surprised if he was a big fan, yeah. Oh, he will be, I reckon. But do you know where Taylor Swift has got a pad, a rig almost, mm. a retreat? Mm. Lake mm. District. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, that she makes hang- her even cooler. She hangs out in the lake district. Fucking, no, I bet she loves it, T-Bay Services, mate. Oh, I bet she does, yeah. That is such a Taylor Swift-style place as well, the sort of things that they sell. It's mm. like one of the many good things about T-Bay is that it's really good for anyone like ourselves who are investors in the comfort market, right? Because it is <laughs> yeah. in there, they've got luxury blankets, luxury candles, luxury slippers and luxury foods, yeah. right? Everything in there is about coziness, yeah. and it's but it is expensive. It's quite high end, uh, but mm. of course for Swifty, there's not really. A, I I I would not be surprised if she's a fucking regular at T-Bay. Yeah, and I reckon as well, the people in T-Bay are so cool. They just wouldn't hassle her. They just let her go nah. about her business. She nah. wouldn't have to go in with a false beard on or anything like that. It's like a it's like a fancy members club where they don't, you know, bat an eyelid mm. if a celeb comes in. It's sort of like no big totally. deal. Hi Taylor, come in. Totally. So, uh, but I mean, if you are a listener, please don't go to the Lake District and start looking for Taylor Swift just to hassle her. She's Give her there some space. To try and relax. Yeah, fuck sit like us. That's like I mean, you know where my my brother Cass moved to in the Cotswolds. Mm-hmm. Guess who lives in the same village? Damon Alden. He hasn't. No. <laughs> Fucking better than that, mate. Sade. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking Sade lives there. She's lived there yeah. for years. He hasn't Good. seen her. I, I happens to know that she lived there. Right. Because I just knew. Because I know someone else who lives around there who's lived there for years. And they, oh, can, like, they, t- All they, right. they tipped me the wink years ago. Yeah. And I didn't tell my brother. He didn't move there because of Sade. Mm. which would have been understandable. But once he'd moved in, I told him, right, mate, are you enjoying it? He went, yeah. I said, well, get ready for this, you cunt. Fucking Sade lives Sade up the road. Sade's around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. 
You it see might, her in the pub. It might, yeah, I might see her down the local having a Sunday dinner. light ale. Yeah. Aye, aye, Cass. <laughs> Heard you'd moved into the area. Yeah, quiz night. Charlie is there with her mates. George Lazenby. George Lazenby. <laughs> fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hawaii Hawaii John, oh no it's Alaska fuck I knew oh, it was, one it was of David the two. Niven not George Lazen big fuck I was getting them mixed up fucking hell Cass this is why you should be on my team <laughs> brilliant mm. so um, yeah Taylor Swift so that's, that's Taylor Swift off there in uh now, I feel, I don't know about you, mate, but I feel, thanks to everyone who came and saw us live. Yeah. It, we really enjoyed it. Uh, we really enjoyed uh, So We're quite mean and bullying to all of you when you're in the audience, but that's necessary because we don't like anyone fucking around. Yeah, we run but a tight ship. Yeah. We have to run a tight <laughs> ship, but listen, it's just like a strict teacher who, it's like Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds. She loves them, but she has to be firm with them. Yeah. So we do love all of you cunters who come to see us and all of you listening too but um so thanks it was great every audience every single audience we were like after last tour we won't go into it but some audiences we felt were better than others every audience this time from brighton right through to the final show in london everywhere in between you were all fucking knockout and we came off stage buzzing every night because simply because of your like reaction and the atmosphere that you generated, and you yeah. put, a, you yeah. Some people text like message us and go, "Well, you know, you helped keep a smile on our face during lockdown, whatever." Well, you put a smile on our faces every night, and that's not easy yeah. to do because we're a couple of old grumpy cunts. But when True. we came off stage every night, we were like really chuffed in a good mood, weren't we? Because it was just it. nice I mean, to like, be around all these enthusiastic people. Yeah. Like you just hinted at there, last time we toured, there were one or two nights where we came off and went, what the fuck was wrong with them? What's their fucking yeah, problem? Yeah, fucking hell. Have they paid cunts. to see a different show or something? Because fuck me. Mm. Could have joined yeah. in. Could have laughed. But this show, this show was better. Mm. Um, the first live tour was good, but we were we were better. I felt that Manchester was the only night where, because it was a very big and brightly lit venue that was not full because it was massive. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that that, that was, was the only night. night it was a good crowd. I, it was, I'm not blaming the crowd. The crowd in Manchester, as always, was superb. I felt a bit as if their experience might not have been as good as in the past for various reasons, but everyone seemed to have a nice time. Yeah. Um, I, do you want to hear about the row I had in the pub in Manchester well, after the show? here's the thing. Um, a little bit earlier on, I did a tweet um, and I did a poll. And I said to the tweeters, the Twitter followers, Sam has three significant stories from the tour to share with you on today's episode. Uh, which would you like to hear first? And those three stories are the massage, the pub mm. argument and the car mm. park people. Now, <laughs> the winner by a long mm. stretch, 63%, oh. which is the... Um, the story I'm going to ask you to tell just after this short break we're going to have uh, yeah. is the pub argument. Oh, so, I always thought it would be the massage, but Well, fine. I would have. The massage was third. The car park really? people was second. So hold tight. After this short break, we're going to hear about the pub argument. Jalapeño. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Jalapeno. Right, we're back. Yeah, the pub argument, Sam. Manchester. So, bit, of, bit, bit of context. Um, in Manchester, we'd had, I'd had a lovely couple of days in Manchester because I'd arrived on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I'd had the whole of... Did I arrive on the Wednesday? I think, no, I arrived on Thursday and we had the whole day off. And then I'd had the whole long day on Friday just mooching about yeah. the one, the wonderful city of Manchester. Uh, <clears throat> wonderful place. Always like being there. Got good friends up there. It's great. I've been from a massage. That's another story I'll tell another time. But that had relaxed me. Um, I've been for a nice uh, lunch, I think, or brunch. But I'd gone for brunch. That was it. A late breakfast. But, like, big one, right? And then I hadn't eaten afterwards. Because if you have brunch, it sort of breaks the routine. You sort of, like, you're betwixt breakfast and lunch. So you you don't have a lunch. And then next thing you know, the show started and I hadn't eaten. By the time we came off stage, I was fucking Hank Marvin, mate. I mean, you, you did. It was it was a recurring thing throughout the tour. You was. forgetting to feed yourself at regular I intervals, wasn't it? I kept forgetting to eat. I kept forgetting to eat. I think what it is 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 when I'm at home, I get up early because you know, with with my daughter gets off to school, <clears> so <throat> I like to have breakfast with her, right? Mm-hmm. So we get up and like I'll have breakfast at like seven a.m. So by lunchtime, I'm bang ready yeah. by like. 12, half 12 for a proper lunch and then I'd dinner. But it was all broken because we were waking up later. And on the move I was having a late breakfast. Away. And I wasn't yeah. also provided with the um, the laminated itinerary from your good wife with all of the instructions, the Sam she handling instructions. She was supposed instructions. to give you my, my, my meal times and my nap times. Yeah. And she forgot to get that to you. So it's her who's mainly to blame. I but think I, I think um, you you ripped it up and chucked it away because you thought, I'm a I, big boy now. I'm going to look after myself. I don't need that. I don't want Andy to know when my meal time's up because he'll I start trying to tell me I'm when to eat. <laughs> yeah, but if I fucked it up. Uh, but anyway, blah, blah, blah. I hadn't eaten. But that was, and you're right, I forgot to eat a few times, but that was the worst time because I hadn't eaten for a long time. So a <laughs> little bit of context, but... 
I came up. We came off stage. We went to meet some uh, friends of ours, our Manchester mates, uh, mm-hmm. in the pub, and it was a pub that I'd actually been to before the show as well. It was pleasant, but when we got there the second time, it was fucking packed. Right? Yeah. S- straight away, obviously, I'm not in the habit of being out in noisy, drunken pubs late in the evening for years. So, I don't want to use the word trickery. Because it doesn't make me want to drink. It more just makes me not want to be there. Yeah. It just kind of stresses me out a bit. Um, but I get into this pub. I'm pretty hungry. And uh, all of our friends are sitting around one table. And there's only one spare seat. But the spare, the route to that spare seat is blocked by a large guitar case. Yeah. Mm. That's leaning against it. So I look around. I could have just shifted it like gently. But... Out of politeness, I turned around on the next table. I saw what appeared to be a band, right? Because mm. they had other instruments as well. And they were sat together. It was two girls and a bloke. And so I turned to them and said, I'm assuming this is yours. Do you mind if I move it? And the girl, who's very polite, went to answer, but looked a bit nervously over at her male bandmate at this point. Now, he was a big lad with... I don't know if you're familiar with the comics, the fabulous furry freak brothers. Yeah. Right. He looked like one of them. He was a big, big bloke with a big sort of fuzzy kind of afro, white afro, right? And beard. So what else? Like, um, yeah, a bit like the magic numbers, I felt as well. Right. Anyway. Perhaps it was. um, just, Just trying to give you a sort of mental image. And she looked at him nervously. And I thought, I, I watched this. So oh. I turned to him and he went, no, we have sorted. We have arranged for it to be there. It's all sorted. And I said, what do you mean? And went, We've already discussed it with those people on the table. And they said it was fine for us. And I said, yeah. I said, it, it can stay there. I just need to get past it to sit in that seat. And he went, well, I'd rather you didn't. So just leave it. And I went, what? It was like so weird, right? It was so weird. I just got there. I'd literally just walked in. It was he was really like hostile, and I went, "Pardon?" And he went, "Just leave it alone." I said, "Listen, I'm not going to damage it. I just need to shift it a very small amount to sit down." And he went, "It's a very expensive piece of equipment. Just leave it alone, yeah. Just go, just back away from it, right?" And I thought, <laughs> "Fucking hell, move away from the instrument." And that was the point where I just thought, "This won't stand," right? <laughs> so I just went. All right, I've asked you nicely. You can move it if you want for me. But if not, I'm fucking moving it. Or I'm climbing over it. And if it gets kicked over, that's your fucking lookout. And he went, what? What what was it, a guitar? It was a guitar. Was it in a case? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, that's what a case is for. Oh, look, we don't it. need to we don't need to dig into whether or not it was I mean it was insane take that as a given I mean you have to understand I was looking I was not saying can I pick your guitar up and play it I was I was yeah. really polite saying I just need to shift it a little bit and you know what I think nine out of ten people because it was such a small maneuver wouldn't have even asked they would have just shifted it very gently and sat down because that's all yeah. it would have taken but I asked out politeness and he was really really hostile so when he said I said, right, I'm fucking moving it now. You've been really rude. I asked you politely. It's, it's getting fucking moved. And as I said it, I thought to myself, okay, I've said that now. So now we'll find out whether he, where this is going to go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How invested um, he is in this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, you know, sometimes in situations like that, especially because I'm sober and everyone else is pissed, I sort of like feel like time slows down. 
and I sort of think to myself, I'm genuinely interested to find out what happens next. It's yeah. like reading one of those adventure books. You are Britain's top journalist. You know, you seek out content. Sometimes you're the centre of the content, like Nick Broomfield or Louis Theroux. I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking for content, but I did oh. think to myself. Mm, I wonder come on what now! Will come on now! Deep down, the content radar <laughs> is always on, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I was like, I was like, I don't like it when people. Joe, you know what as well? So many people go around being fucking rude because nine out of ten people. I was telling my kids this last night, but they took the piss out of me for it. I said, the thing is, right? People go around being grumpy, being rude, being hostile, being like contrary. I mm. said, and most of the time they're doing it because they are operating on the assumption that no one wants to fucking get involved or make a scene. And as yeah. a result, they go around making other people fucking miserable. I said, so I actually sometimes enjoy being some because I don't really get awkward or embarrassed in, in public situations. Mm. I sort of think I will fucking call these cunts out because they go around and most people let them off the hook non-stop, right? Yeah. So I said, so this, this was part of the motivation, but... Don't forget as well, I was extremely hangry, right? <laughs> he went, if you do that, and this was the point where a sort of a, a grin spread across my face because I thought, <laughs> right, what's he going to say, right? What's he going to say? And he went, if you do that, and I went, yeah, what? And he went, I will call the police. Yes. And at that moment, I thought, brilliant, he is insane, <laughs> right? And I must admit, that was the point where I consciously did think content Content. Alert, right? <laughs> So I said, you'll call the police. He went, yeah. I said, good, do it. And he went, what? And I went, fucking call them. I said, call them now and get them down, right? I said, it's Manchester on a Friday night. We're in the city centre. I'm sure this will be a priority. Tell them that someone's about to touch your fucking guitar case, right? I said, and I will fucking promise you now, I will wait for them to turn up. I'm not going anywhere. I said, I will pay... I will pay the fucking price, mate. And he's going, what, what, what? And I go, I will fucking face justice, right? Blue is mine. I'm going to move your guitar case and then I'm going to wait for the fucking old bill to turn up. Wait for the consequences. And he's like, he went, right, I'm fucking going to. And this is my favourite bit of the story, I would say. He got his phone out and hiding the screen from me, so turning it <laughs> away from me, he proceeded to pound the screen with his index finger <laughs> numerous times, right? Numerous? Uh, yeah, like, it's like more than any phone number. What's the longest well, phone number? Well, I know the shortest phone number is Sam. It's 999 for the police. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then I thought, well, maybe he doesn't think this is a 999 situation. Yeah, maybe, maybe, he's, got, he maybe just, he's, he's got memorised the number for the local station. the local station. Yeah, I thought yeah. maybe he know, maybe he does this a lot. I did actually. I thought, well, if he's that mad that he's that quick to threaten mm. that he's going to call the police then he might have it memorised. Or maybe he's got a detective friend who he gets through to. He goes, I want you to run the numbers uh, yeah. on this guy. I need you to run a plate for me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's pounding at it. I said, what are you doing? And he went, I'm calling them now. So then I like looked around and he was like, Gah! trying to get like, hide it from me. Like a kid who's trying to hide their work from you in an exam. Get away, get off. I said, what are you doing? You, you, I said, that's not the number for the police. You've not even got the fucking keypad up. Call them. He said, you're going to call them. He went, right, I've had enough of this. At this stage, I've just moved the guitar, right? And sat down. And he, when he, when he, the way he looked at me when I did it, it was like, he was a gasp. And he went, right, that's it. I'm getting the manager. 
So he stormed off to get the manager. What he didn't know was I'd already laid some fucking groundwork with the manager earlier in the day. That was the fucking problem for him because I'd been in there earlier for a drink before the show and it had been empty and I'd had a nice chit-chat with the manager who hadn't been the manager for a while, yeah? I'd given it the old, oh, what's this then? Running a pub in Manchester, are you? Yeah, <laughs> nice business, isn't it? How's your trade going? And I'd given him all of that stuff, right? Because I'd turned up before my mate and so I'd had time for a little chinwag. Then when I'd mm. come back later, oh, I'd been up to the bar to get some crisps first before I'd gone through this and I'd asked him, he wasn't serving, and I said, look, mate, I'm not drinking there's a huge fucking queue at the bar for drinks. I said, I just need some crisps because I haven't eaten. He went, I'm not serving. I'm the manager. And I said, look, I know you're the manager, but come on, sell me some crisps. i tell you what I'll do. I'll buy five bags off you, right? I said, then it's <laughs> worth your while, right? Because I was going to share on the table. Podcast, big shot. <laughs> I was like, I'm from London. I'll buy all the fucking crisps yeah. you got, cunt. Yeah, I'll buy five crisps every fucking day, mate. And no I told him to me. keep... I did, it came to like something like it came to like it came to less than a fiver but I had a five pound note because someone in Nottingham had given us 20 quid each that was it, yeah. <laughs> do you remember yeah I still had that Nottingham cash that someone had given us for some extra ticket sales <laughs> on the door cash. Yeah. so I'm fucking taking out one of my walking around fivers and giving it there you go mate and he goes I'll get you a chance he said don't worry about it I appreciate you going to the effort so by the time matey boy goes off and gets this manager, I think, fuck you, I've got this manager in my fucking pocket, you cunt. So he comes over and the manager goes, what's going on here? And I just went, look, I'll tell you exactly what's going on. I wanted to sit down, but his guitar was in the way and he didn't want me to touch his guitar to move it. But I had to in order to sit down. And now he's called the police. And I just want to say that's perfectly fair enough and I'm willing to wait here for the police to arrive absolutely for them yeah. to assess this situation act accordingly and he, yeah. he looked at the bloke and rolled his eyes and he just went <laughs> look mate why don't you just let me keep the guitar out the back in my office it'll be locked safe there and the bloke's gone no I have asked the people if it can be lent there and that is where it will remain no one will touch it but he has been physically intimidated to me which I was like whoa 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 hang on there was no physical intimidation mate you're about fucking twice the bloody size of me anyway, you cunt. So if anyone should be intimidated, it should be me, right? I said, there's no intimidation. I've just touched the guitar. I apologise, but no harm done. And he went to the manager. Do you know what he said to the manager? Mm. He said, if you don't throw him out, I'm mm. not playing. Oh, so he was a bit of a player there, yeah? That, yeah. And the manager just went, well, all right, do what you want. Right? Yes. So, and the guy just stomped <laughs> off. He stomped oh off in the end the manager's to the like, other side of the pub. The manager's like, oh, my God, where will I find another guitarist in Manchester? On a Friday night. <laughs> so the, the, the bloke didn't know what to do then. He was caught between a rock and a hard place because it, it was clear I wasn't going to be moved. It was clear he hadn't really called the police. He'd just pounded at his phone screen, at his lost his phone finger. screen. So I'd mm. called his police bluff, and the manager was just like, I'm not fucking... I'm not fucking throwing a high roller like him out. He's just bought five pa packets of crisps and let me keep the change. I can't afford that. I was like one of those high rollers in Vegas who they comp. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, the, they call him the crisp baron. we got to keep him here. If not, he'll be down the road at some other pub buying their crisps. 
So, part of the manager, part part of the, the manager's mindset will have been: Hang on, has this guy not just deliberately bought five crisps to curry favour with me? He's like, and then he's, he's I know how these copies operate. Yeah. He's waltzed in. Cockney. First thing he's done is buy a load of fucking crisps, and yeah. then he's gone and started causing trouble with the clientele <laughs> straight away. It is the equivalent of punching the biggest guy in the prison because he's bought this some goodwill. Like, this is five, like, five bags of golden well, wonder. One of my Cockney mates called me before I was here. Here you going up north? Yeah, that's right. Do a few shows. Yeah, watch yourself when you're up there. Little tip for you when you're up north. When you're going in one of their boozers, make a statement. As soon as you go in, buy as many crisps as you can. Right? I know you're not a drinker. Usually I'd say buy a bottle of scotch, but I know you're not a drinker, so just buy as many crisps as you can, right? That way, if you want to go and start causing trouble and cunting off the locals, you'll have the manager on side. <laughs> These are the little tricks you've got to know when you're operating up north, son. Stick with that and you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Chris, Chris Money talks up there, mate. <laughs> you don't want to end up in a northern nick, do you? It's a very, very snack-based system up there. <laughs> Different to the way we do things. Uh, but, and I, so I said, thanks a lot for the tip, mate. And I called him. I said, thanks for that tip. It really worked last night. And if, so you, anyway, uh, the, the, and if, the, if you the, go to the Lake District, a tea bay, have a look out for Taylor Swift, because she might be in there. Apparently, she's operating in that region now. She goes down, does the pub quiz down the pub every Thursday night. They do some lovely blankets as well, by the way. Like down here. It's it's pricey. It's pricey, but get yourself a blanket at Tea Bay. It'll fucking pay for itself in comfort returns. Fucking hell. So, so the geezer, the geezer, the guitarist, just he didn't know yeah. what to do, so he stomped off to the other end of the pub, All and right. he just sat on his own at the bar, right. seething, right? And I thought, you silly cunt. You're the, you've penalised yourself. Yeah. You're not even near the guitar now. We could be doing anything. I could have stuck my cock oh, in that guitar. Did he take the guitar with him? No. I didn't give he a, that the a fuck, if, did he? Listen, if I'd been a cunt, I could have done anything to that guitar, right? Yeah. But I was like, to be honest... I thought this bloke's touched in the nut, right, for starters. <laughs> so I've sort of sympathised with him. And I just sort of thought, also, you know, he's, uh, I always, I respected the fact that he was a musician and that he, his guitar was important to him. That's why I was gentle with the guitar, even after I lost my rag with him. I didn't start fucking chucking it about. But I did have a, a word with his bandmates afterwards. Mm. I lent in, I said, sorry about all that, a bit weird. And they were like, listen... We are very used to situations like oh, this. Jesus and Christ. I went, oh, yeah. And they went, form. yeah. They said, he's a good guitarist, but it's very difficult to be out and about with him because we often find ourselves in these situations. And they apologised to me. So that was that. But our Manchester pals who we were with, I don't, because it was a noisy pub, they couldn't hear the exact nature of the conversation. So as far as they were yeah. concerned, they'd come to see our show. Then they said to meet me afterwards. And I fucking turned up in this pub. And just immediately launched into, if you couldn't hear the dialogue, yeah. it just appeared that I had sort of squared up to a big musician yeah. and st- started shouting the odds, then had a row with the manager, and yeah. then they thought, well, what's well, Delaney's? Yeah, and well, I just went, sorry, about? lads, I haven't fucking eaten since about 11 o'clock. What do you expect? What's the podcaster playing at, throwing his weight around? In yeah, this in this rock Northern and roll City. pub. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, Manchester Friday night. I mean, I was I, I wasn't there for that because I got to take the wigs back to me me travel lodge. So I turned up after this all happened. But Friday night in Manchester for me, that was the night 
that I realised I am no longer of an age where I should be in pubs in a city on a weekend. Mm. That was just too much. Totally, yeah. It was, was, it was like, way too much. We, we ended up in two separate pubs. And I was like, yeah. I haven't been in this situation in years yeah. in a late night pub. Really crowded. I don't understand. So crowded. Like, why do people want to be in such a crowded place? I mean, yeah. if you want to go out for a drink with your mates, sure. But what's the appeal of being in a dirty, crowded room? Try to That's find really the quietest noisy. place you can. Try fucking whatever. Oh, Hotel bar. Awful. I mean, drink in a car park if you have to, which brings us to the second story, but we'll have that on Monday because we're out of time. Yeah. yeah. So come back on Monday, you'll probably hear the car park people and maybe the massage story as well. We haven't done the predictions. It's international weekend. We'll try and do them later on and uh, put them up on the Twitter. Um, yeah. I couldn't be asked to get them together before this episode. So we'll be back Monday with more stories from the tour. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. All the best. Goodbye.